need to eat something sweet after lunch and dinner. It's my habit. What to do? Dude, you're not challenging yourself hard enough. That's the problem. Bro, what happened to your New Year's resolution of hitting the gym every week, huh? Lost motivation already. Sounds familiar to you? Or have your parents ever told you something like change your habits and your life will change? Because mine have and I used to like roll my eyes when they used to say that. But the irony is that as I grew older, I actually started realizing the importance of habits. So how deeply impactful are our habits when it comes to shaping our physical, mental and emotional health? Lucky for you, I'm not the one giving the gyan today. So you can hear it from India's most popular habit coach, Ashdin Doctor. He's the founder of Awesome 180 and the author of the game-changing book titled Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. And no, motivation is exactly what you do not need if you want to make awesome habits that are sustainable for the rest of your life. So hang around to know exactly why. Hi Ashdin, welcome to Slow Down with Aastha. Hey, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the show. My pleasure. I'm so excited to do this. Yes, I I'm just fresh off the wagon of having read your book and there's so much I want to talk about, okay? I'm first of all going to refrain from using the word motivation in my life ever after I've read your book and we'll come to that later, okay? Full win. If that is the only thing that you took away from this full win. <laughs> I'm now going to say I was inspired by your book, but if I had to be really honest with you, the chapter that inspired me the most is the introductory chapter which is your own story and um please you have to i cannot begin this conversation without letting you tell us all about your story because it's too it's very powerful so my story began right from the time when i was a kid right i was brought up in a family business household now if you've ever been in a family business household you're like expected to take over and all of that and i obviously wanted to it wasn't that i was forced into it or anything like that but what happens is that the people who are working in the organization have seen you grow up they've seen you as a child so there's always this let's see how he's going to be and you always carry this chip on your shoulder saying that you know I have to be better than everybody i have to compete with everybody i have to show my worth i have to show my value and all those kinds of thoughts keep coming in your mind so i was brought up as this type a person you know had to win there was no other option and obviously after a while it gets very stressful because you can't live life like that continuously and uh, about 10 years ago about that time I was um I just started my own division within the company so it had to be the fastest growing division of course I was in a stressful relationship so it was stress at work stress at home and it was this complete mix every single time right like there was no respite and uh, and at that point of time you're young you think that you have all the energy in the world you can take over the world and that's basically the mindset that I was coming from and you know you were earning money so you could spend it so nobody to tell you you can't have three desserts right nobody to tell you you can't do these things so as a result with the stress i became a stress eater and i would eat and back in those days exercise health fitness was not such a big topic as it is now and um, if i went to the gym people would say why are you trying to be a bodybuilder so you know it was that stage of complete lifestyle rubbishness I, i would call it right a sedentary lifestyle eating dal rice and butter chicken and all those kinds of things that were just like heavy not dal rice jeera rice and butter chicken that was my go to meal so it was that kind of an environment that i was in one fine day i'm getting ready for work i have not slept for i think two days and um, because is that 
you know, that um, last minute panic when you finish a presentation. And I was getting ready for work and I collapsed on the floor. Now, this is at the age of 30, 31. Now, if you collapse on the floor at the age of 30, 31, it feels very, you know, scary. Like, what the hell just happened? Am I dying? What's happening? When I was on the floor and I was thinking about like, what's going on? Am I going to die? There were two parts of me. One that was saying that, oh my God, Ashton, you're going to die. And there was another part that was saying, Ashton, congratulations, you work so hard that you're actually collapsing. And it is this kind of mindset that we bring into our lives these days that is so, so, so toxic. And it is something that we have to start understanding that we do this and start changing. Because if we don't do that, we're all going to just completely end our lives, right? Like I used to say that I'm going to sleep when I'm dead and I almost died. So the whole idea is that how do we get out of this mindset first? Um, continuing from there, I had a nice big tummy. So being the typical type A person, I said something has to change. I'm going to change something. I am now going to get a six pack. And then I started this journey of how do I get a six pack? And back then I was so unhealthy that I couldn't climb a flight of stairs. I couldn't do a plank. I couldn't do push-ups. So how was I going to get a six pack? I had bought all these programs, you know, like P90X3 and Insanity Workouts because I thought that is the only way to lose weight. And there was no way that I could go past the first seven, eight minutes of it. Till I discovered something called a Tabata workout, which is four minutes to four minutes I can do. Then I discovered something called a scientific workout, seven minutes, seven minutes I can do. And within a year, I had completely changed my life around. And people would come and say, you know, Ashton, how do you do this? Give me also one tip. What is your secret? And I would say, I did this, then I did this, then I did this. And I would tell them what I did very like innocently hoping that they would do the same. And they would listen to me patiently for 30 seconds and then say, Baba, I can't do what you did. And this is where the whole penny drop happened about habit coaching, because I realized that people are so stuck on the word motivation. I don't have your motivation. And it is because of motivation and self-discipline, people don't start. So if you can just start, if you can start small, you can at least get somewhere. And my entire life mission is to make people just start instead of just be stuck in this, um, you know, limbo of I don't have motivation. I don't have self-discipline. And that's when the whole habit coaching idea came about. And that's the journey we're on now. Wow. So at least like in your case, for the first one year, you kept at it. Even if you tried one workout and you didn't like it, you tried something else. You tried something else, you didn't like it, you did something else. You at least had that effort. You kept going back to saying, okay, this didn't happen, I'll try that. That didn't happen, I'll try that. A lot of people are not like that, maybe intrinsically, right? After this one year where you achieved your goal of becoming more fit, is that what actually made you realize that, okay, there's, there's one thing that I have done, which has been consistent. And that was your aha moment with realizing the power of a habit. So it was very interesting. It was that, um, it is not that I had self-discipline that made me continue. It is or willpower that made me continue. It was that I realized that my intention was very set and my intention was very strong, which is why I could do it. When you are failing, it is intention that keeps you going ahead and ahead and ahead, not just motivation. So this is the way to start thinking about it. And you're absolutely right. I tried different things, A, because I'm a curious person by nature, right? My family business is market research. So market research is all about curiosity, trying new things. So as a result, it was that trying new things, doing the research. And what happened was once the six pack happened and it happened very soon, because I realized that, that I had not understood the science behind it. Once I understood the science, it changed completely. And the process was much faster, which is what I try to do on the Habit Coach podcast as well. Right? I try and explain the science and this is how we make these changes. Once I had the six pack, now there was no reason to continue. 
So I realized that my intention had to change at that point of time. And the intention changed to, I never want to be scared of my body again. Because earlier I was scared of my body, I don't think I can do aerial silk. I don't think I can climb the stairs. I don't think I can climb this mountain. Now it was like, show me what to do and I know my body will be able to do it. It's a very nice, there's a part in your book where you said you refer to yourself as an anti-motivational speaker. And you know, it's so interesting when I first ever heard about the concept of habit coaching in general, I had this image of uh, maybe there's a person who wants to make these big changes in their life. Like I'm going to wake up at 5am, I want a six pack, I want this, I want that. And then they go to this person whose duty is basically to go all Tony Robbins on them every morning and that's how it's done. Right. When I read the book, it challenged that notion in every way. It broke it down completely. So why, I mean, why is motivation not the only thing that you need if you want to make a habit that is sustainable for the rest of your life? Yeah, Asta, you hit the nail on the head. If you use motivation, then you need Tony Robbins to go all out (laughs) on you every single day because motivation fades every single day. I know people who started a diet and ended it by dinner time, right? Because motivation, has faded. Right? motivation <laughs> faded, obviously, <laughs> because you were using motivation. But once you change it to intention, why am I doing this? Once you change it to guiding principles and not just a diet, then it completely changes the way that you approach this game altogether and approach the change altogether. So in fact, with my clients, I don't have to check in on them every day. Once a week, twice a week, they check in on me saying, now what do I do about this? Now what do I do? This is something I have. Because the habit is so small that it accumulates and compounds over time. So it's not something that I have to be there saying that, you know, grit, determination, you know, put your nose to the wall. None of that. It is all about gently making these changes in your life. You know, Ashton, there is, there's a, there's an exercise, which I found very interesting about fear and the importance of examining your fear. You, you encourage people to go to the depth of understanding what their fears are. And I would never put the two together in terms of the first thing that came in my head when I read the title itself was, why do I need to understand my fear if I'm trying to build a good habit in my life? So what's that about? So there's a chapter that you're referring to called the desire for change and the fear for change. Many of us think that we have the desire for change. Yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Till we realize what is involved. And then the fear of change comes out and think, oh shit, I have to do that also. I have to do that also. You know what? Nah. It's okay, I don't need to do this. But for example, when it is like something like nutrition principles, correct? I want to start eating healthy, but this dietitian gives me these crazy diets every time. Like, I don't want to do it. Like what my friends think, you know, I want to also live my life, etc., etc., etc. So as a result, what we do is we realize that the fear of that dietitian is too strong. So can we break it down? Can we take it to two steps earlier? Okay, you eat what you want, but can you fast for these 16 hours? Can you fast for these 14 hours? Yes, that I can do. So the fear of that change is much reduced in that context, right? So that's how we are trying to play around with fears. And if you can make it so easy to do, then where is the fear in it? Correct? It is almost like your life hasn't changed much, but it is slowly, 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 slowly changing. And over a period of time, you see that dramatic shift that has finally taken place. You know, there is... um... There's another point of view which I have in terms of a freelance or life. Like I'm someone who I've always noticed that if I have a routine and I'm doing, let's say, a workshop where I know I have to wake up at this time, be there, be there, I'm damn disciplined and I end my day also feeling good about myself. And then you also touch upon this about the power of routine, right? I used to go through a phase where, and, and I know a lot of freelancers will relate to this, where there's no structure in their life. They're, they are their own boss. They don't have to be somewhere. It's like you wake up and you want, you have to do X amount of work in the day. And when you're unable to keep 
that sense of discipline or routine or structure in your daily right daily life it crumbles like you know there are days where i used to go through cycles where i don't work at all and then one day out of guilt i overwork i'm like okay no 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 you know how do people who lead uh, an unstructured life or if their profession doesn't require them to have a routine how can they kind of start implementing things in their life which pull them out of that space of procrastination and then overcompensation lovely so there are two answers to this one is that you need to have your own project running continuously okay so what i mean by that is like when i was writing the book 750 words a day is something that i had to put down right so i had set that one hour one and a half hours two hours in the morning for that time so even though we were in the lockdown and it was completely unstructured and all of that there was that structure and that um the goal or that habit that was there every single morning for me to put it in place so that is the first one the second thing is not to think of as on days and off days right as a freelancer we think oh we have on days and we have off days that means there are days that i don't have to do anything i can sit in my pajamas and i can watch netflix technically that is wrong because all days are on days because just because you don't have somebody's work to do doesn't mean that you're not going to work on your marketing does not mean that you're not going to work on your own brand building does not mean that you're not going to work on something else that you're doing so as a result what you have to do is you have to realize that you have a set number of hours in a day that you have to work whether it is on somebody else's project or whether it is on your project very often our projects get neglected once something else happens right and we all have desired projects that you want to do maybe you wanted to start this podcast much earlier and now you finally got around to doing it and making this change so the whole idea is this how do you create that template so there are two cute stories on this one is um have have you heard of paras pharmaceuticals so there's so move live on yeah. all those brands right yeah. so the owner of that company sold his share made a house and he was sitting in it and he, and he was like after selling my company I had nothing to do mm. right but i created a home office and every morning at 10 o'clock i used to go sit in my home office every day at 4:30 i used to come back out of the home office i had to dress up shave and sit there whether i had work or no i would read the newspaper i would watch the news i would do something but every day that discipline was there because i realized that if i don't do this i will never be able to get back into that discipline okay so i'd use this as an example on one of my podcasts and i'd made an episode on how to stay consistent during the lockdown because the lockdown was basically turning everyone into a freelancer right there is a very famous and very loved actor called gajraj rao and he listened to this episode and one day got ready in his shirt and suit and pant and everything you know suit but his waistcoat and sat down at the dining table and his wife comes and says what are you doing you mad or what he's like nay mera habit coach ne bola tha ki i have to do this and i have to sit down so i am doing this it was very cute but that is what asta we have to do during our freelancing days there is no day on there is no day off every day is a set number of hours that we have to work if you realize the hours that you waste by not working you will suddenly realize how much money you're leaving on the table you have to create a goal to be full all those hours it's actually the same thing with my actor friends right it's all my, it's like actors are almost like freelancers yeah correct if they have a project there otherwise they're sitting and chilling and doing nothing yeah so i keep telling them that you to realize that all the days that you're chilling and doing nothing are days that you've left money on the table yeah are you filling your days up and that is what we have to do we have to fill our days up we've spoken about like making habits 
and like making healthy habits but what about breaking habits do a lot of people come to you and say ashdin this is something in my life that is either a habit or at an extreme maybe an addiction and they say i need to get done with this in my life it's really funny there are only people that come and tell me i need to break habits everyone's so proud of their bad habits they're like ashdin oh i have so many bad habits just yesterday at dinner you know we so need you this couple that was there we so need you my god we are only full of bad habits mm. and the first thing i tell people is that you don't have any bad habits you only have habits that serve you or don't serve you so instead what you have to do is you have to learn to replace habits and not break habits and you do this by understanding what can i put instead of this particular habit that i am doing right in the morning you wake up and the first thing you do is have coffee if you want to replace that what can i replace it with right so whatever the habit is that you want to change what can i replace it with so don't think about breaking habits think about replacing habits ashton i'm going to read out something from your book because it's something that personally i really really felt very deeply and um, i'm also very fascinated by two things okay mm-hmm. so um you've written i was once working with this boy who suffered from a very extreme form of depression he had been referred to me by his psychiatrist he hated his life and wanted to end it there was a sense of hopelessness he couldn't even visualize his life improving he felt stuck and to be honest he was stuck his life was in a rut one day we were talking about something and i told him something that completely changed his outlook i told him we're not looking for a miracle to change your life we're just looking for that 1% of you to be better his eyes lit up and he said this i can do okay now there's two things here where i've been in this space as this boy and so i relate so much to this deep sense of hopelessness that is there and in this space something as simple and almost as involuntary as waking up and brushing your teeth is not something you can do even pulling yourself out of bed feels like it takes the effort of the world in such an extreme case one is i was very impressed that the psychiatrist sent him to you right i'm not at all saying that habit coaching is a substitute to therapy and psychiatric intervention or any of those things how does your approach change when you're dealing with such a situation so the first thing is that when you're in a situation like that celebrating the fact that you could get out of bed right celebrating the fact that you could brush your teeth those are all like you said um climbing mount everest moments right those are all very very tough moments to do what i do when i am working with people who are depressed etc is first understand what their outlook to life is and you know we we whitewash everyone as depressed in one fashion but there are different stages there are different levels there are different outlooks towards why that hopelessness exists and understanding what that hopelessness is and what is hopelessness hopelessness is basically understanding that you cannot even imagine a future going ahead the point is that as long as you're breathing as long as there is that breath in you there is an opportunity to course correct your life just that little tiny bit and right now it might feel like absolutely there is no point to it you know i remember uh, meeting a friend for coffee once and she had just come out of her marriage was completely depressed couldn't move couldn't talk couldn't was basically skin and bones and i was seeing her after many many years and i was sitting down for her with coffee at um, at a starbucks and i was like i'm buying you almonds i'm buying you peanuts like eat something like what are you doing it's like what is the point what is the point what is the point and that hopelessness is this question what is the point so the first part of any conversation is showcasing that there is a point there's a possibility of change and i always share my story of when i was also going through a place of complete hopelessness where i wanted to take my life and i planned how i was going to kill myself in multiple ways there was there was a slow method there was a fast method 
And now looking back, obviously it's different. At that point of time, it's very, very, you know, real. And you're like, there's no point in continuing life like this. However, if you can, I mean, if I can, you can. And then that's what I keep saying. I turn my life around. I know you can turn your life around. At least you have me with you, guiding you, hoping that we are there together. Especially when it comes to suicide, a large part of suicide is just sitting and talking, right? Being there for that person, creating a safe space for that person. So when I work with people like that, it is all about creating a safe space. Do you feel that you can tell me anything without feeling judged? That is the benchmark that you have to create for any friend and any relationship, honestly whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship, can that person sit with you, tell you whatever is going through their life without that feeling of being judged? And most people can't, right? Most people think that they're going to be judged and most people do the judging. So it is up to us to change that for people. Can the power of habit and routine coach a person out of such a space? It is absolutely essential because when you don't have the motivation, when you don't have the dopamine drive, and if you don't have that hormone in you, to push you, what you need is you need that routine. And in fact, people who have anxiety, who have depression will thrive on routines because they don't need to worry about what's coming next. They know what's coming next. Correct. It is just that the routine has to be so easy to do that they don't require that dopamine to push them to it. And um, that is the challenge. But it is easy to do and and, um, and habits definitely help in this process. So in your observation, what is going wrong, which is leading so many people into this space of being hopeless, being dark, dealing with mental setbacks in general, mental health setbacks? What's going wrong with us as a human race? There are two, three things that are happening across the board. And unfortunately, we are at almost like the perfect storm for these things. So one is our nutrition habits have gone to crap. So when your nutrition habits go to crap, what happens is that you don't have necessarily the building blocks to create one, the hormones that are needed and to create a healthy body. I remember when I was unhealthy and I remember when I was low energy, I was just mean to the world. I was looking for opportunities to pick fights with people. And that's actually what's happening right now. Everyone who's low energy, if your boss is upset with you, it's probably because he's low energy, right? It's when you are upset with your family, it's because you probably come back from work and are low energy. When you are in a high energy state, you're not going to be complaining. You're not going to be arguing. You're not going to be fighting. And that is the key. Yeah. The second thing is that we're living in a world where we've never lived before in terms of comparison. So with your social media, you've never been, you've never seen people so many rungs and so, and so different from you that you're now comparing yourself with all of them. So that is the second thing that's happening. And this comparing is putting people in a spiral saying that, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't be good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And all these changes are taking place in our mind. And it's this perfect storm of the nutrition, the social media, plus being cool to have a mental disorder. You know, I was with friends and um, they were, and somebody was opening up and saying that I was at a party the other day where everyone was talking about the mental disorder that they had and I didn't have one. And I was wondering whether I was like the odd one out in this case. Correct? Wow, yeah. And uh, I remember when I was doing psychology, um, one of the f big questions was what is considered normal? What is not considered normal? Normal behavior at that point of time was defined as what the majority of the people do and believe is, is normal behavior. So now if your majority of your friend circle saying I have anxiety, I'm not good enough. And you look at the memes that are coming out. They're all self-deprecating memes, right? 
that is your standard and if you're not that that means you're the abnormal one correct so yeah. our normal has changed and let me tell you there is absolutely nothing that should make you feel that you need to now have a mental disorder right it is something that you need to stay away from and if you follow the right kinds of habits etc there's no need for having it but the problem is that it's these kinds of social elements also that are making it so necessary to have one whether you do or not it's almost like that having said which i am so happy that people are talking about it i remember when i was going through my uh, depression my thoughts of suicide nobody was talking about it so i'm happy that that change has taken place but now we've swung in the opposite direction completely and we're like if you don't have something then you're uncool right and i think that has to change i also think people have started using words a lot of uh, very loosely so for instance i think it's great that social media has made people aware of certain terms like i feel very strongly about this word gaslighting i think somewhere last year it just went around on social media and you know people were writing different definitions of it and i had a guy friend who one day he came and he told me and actually psychologically when i had asked my therapist what is gaslighting it's something that's really extreme like it is literally to the extent of making a person believe that they have either hallucinated or uh, that they're imagining things so it's that extreme form of it and a guy friend came to me and once he's like you know once i went on a date and then i was too busy to reply to the girl and in the evening she texts me saying uh, you know this is typical behavior you're gaslighting me and what is when i looked up the term the explanation was completely different you know and i see so many of these terms just going around and people using them very loosely without understanding fully the depth of what it means you know it's like monica in friends being ocd right like when yeah. i was in college monica from friends friends was the big big tv series right so monica's ocd i am also ocd i am also ocd was what everyone was talking about and i was like dude you realize ocd is a clinical condition right you have to understand what it means it means that if you don't do this particular activity you or a loved one is going to die which is why you're obsessively compulsively doing this activity right mm -hmm. obsessively checking the electricity switches is because that you will die or your loved one will die mm -hmm. if you're obsessively washing your hands is because you think you or your loved one is going to die it's not that oh i am i am a cleanliness freak i've ocd you know that's not the same thing right so being very careful about using these words absolutely makes a big difference you'd said earlier that even in your observation sometimes a lot of why we are having these mental health issues is because we're not doing the habits that we should be doing uh, whether it's health related routine related um you really notice that when we straighten certain aspects out in terms of keeping to the habits that transforms mental health there was a very interesting study that was done amongst children in america mm, i don't remember the name of the study but basically these were kids who had add adhd and every time they would go to school obviously they were on medication etc etc one fine day what they did was instead of starting school immediately they put the kids out in the playground made them play in the sun and then made them sit in class and all of them their add adhd um, symptoms disappeared wow what were they lacking they were lacking movement and they were lacking sunlight now tell me what is it that we are lacking in our lives movement sunlight when do we sit in the sun when do we move correct so it is these things that are completely changing the way humans weren't meant to live in the way that we live right mm -hmm. if you see uh, if you put mice in small constrained spaces the way that we live in cities 
they also become depressive in nature mm-hmm. right there's there are lots of studies on this aspect we're not meant to be staying in cities like this we're not meant to be staying in matchbox homes but this is the kind of life that we're choosing so now we have to have other habits to compensate for it and that is the key but the problem is that we are not willing to change and make those habits because we think that if we have a pill it's going to be easier there's a uh, line that said that the most successful medication in the world would be one that give you the same effect of exercise right if one hour of exercise in this is with a magic pill that would be insane and that's the point right people are willing to take a pill but not the actual exercise and that's where we're going wrong the shortcut the instant gratification ki okay who wants to take the effort at least this is there so it's two things one is people don't know that they have to take the effort mm-hmm. right and the second thing is that putting that effort in i remember in my office just to, this happened last week in fact one of the people came to me and said ashtin listen if i put uh, cook rice and put it in the fridge and have it then it's okay for diabetics right and i was like first understand that yes it changes the starch content it changes the way that the starch uh, gets absorbed in the body so it doesn't spike your blood sugar as much but if you are diabetic a you should be thinking about how to reduce the rice quantity not thinking about how you can have rice quantity mm-hmm. and see i remember you having four sandwiches the other day what about that said, no no that was a treat as i cooked that was a treat then that same day we're sitting at lunch and one big dabba of rice comes out and it's like what about this palav that you have having no no this is also a treat as so last week this was a treat now this is a, this treat so every day is a treat then right correct that was sandwich treat this is rice treat tomorrow will be roti treat mm. so it is the way that we are not willing to even put in that effort so one is knowledge the second is putting that effort and you don't have to start big you can start small many people are so scared of the start that they think that you have to do something dramatic and the whole idea of the book change your habits change your life is this that you can start small and then continue and grow you spoke about this even in the book how our brain is really smart at making excuses and you know like saying acha yeah just this are it's okay you know theek hai it's it's amazing and it's i it's a genius at excuses it's amazing and you know after i read your book i actually once or twice noticed myself do we about to do something and then sort of justifying it in my brain and then i said wait wait ashton spoke about this i should not be doing this this is where you catch yourself correct super if only we could master like the art of using your brain like to the intelligence of the brain to improve life itself no i think it is about one is having the right knowledge and then two knowing how to implement that knowledge those two things are critical so ashton in your life you had like this moment of basically your body reaching a physical breakdown which then made you slow down and kind of assess that i think also you address the fact that you were a bit in denial about the things that were going wrong in your life like any young person who oh, this is so normal that is so normal stress is so normal you know you had this moment and then you've come to so many realizations it's changed not only the professional course of your life but the quality of your life itself right what are your three or four non negotiables when it comes to people taking charge of mental physical and emotional health first non negotiable um is why is it that you're doing what you're doing so if you don't have a strong enough why don't do it right so that is a non negotiable in it so the three habits that are non negotiable one is gratitude gratitude changes the world um the second is do something of service for people that changes the world um and what i mean by that is i just in fact the podcast that came out on this monday was on arnold schwarzenegger have you seen the movie arnold the the tv series arnold i is this the clip you're talking about there's this clip that's gone around i don't know no i've not seen the movie arnold so see the movie arnold 
and he talks about his father and his father had this one line that he taught and he said that when you don't know what to do just be useful and many of us don't know what to do with our lives and we are not being useful because we're only thinking about ourselves as soon as we start being useful and think about how we can help somebody else it changes the chemistry it changes the way that we approach our life completely so this is so this is one of the big secrets in me getting out of my mental funk as well which is that i can't help myself right now let me see who i can help can i buy new school uniforms for my uh, driver's kids can i do something for one of my peons how can i help this auto rickshaw driver so it was always looking at how can i help and through that process only the more i was helping others the more i was improving so if you don't know what to do just be useful i think is a great non-negotiable habit the final one is getting your sleep correct right getting your sleep correct is again a non-negotiable like even if you don't work out and stuff like this you go for a walk theek hai magar your sleep has to be on point there's something that we're not focusing on at all right um and it is not quantity of sleep it is quality of sleep so how well are you going to sleep how fast are you going to sleep how deep are you sleeping how restful do you feel when you wake up do you need an alarm when you wake up so all those things make a big difference so sleep is one of the big non negotiables all these three things that you said are very like for me they all come along the lines of anti hustle culture which is what i am because uh, i think hustle culture is slowly just destroying us in every way and even earlier when you spoke about the incident where you know you would almost when you when you were on the floor there was a part of you that was like oh wow you worked till the point where you almost died um i know i i know i have felt like that like i would be mentally burnt out completely but then i'd sleep thinking acha chal today i stretched myself to the maximum limit you know and it's only much later like your body had a physical breakdown i literally had a mental breakdown and we're not realizing that at some point of time it's going to catch up with you and just you know at that point of time i hope whoever it is you just come out of that space because it's very 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 scary to be in a space like that it is it is it's quite yeah. crazy and unfortunately people have to go through that to start making changes and one of my jobs and i think yours also is to make people understand you don't have to reach that dramatic stage in order to make a change you can start doing that earlier and please learn from somebody else's mistakes instead of trying to make your own i think that is the smartest thing that you can do you founded awesome 180 as a result of this right is there a program that people can do on awesome 180 in terms of or is it customized like one on one coaching so there is one on one coaching that happened before and through the lockdown then for the last year uh, for, for the last two years i stopped it and i'm starting it again this month uh, this july coming in july and um, so the one on one coaching will start i'm only taking four clients at a time people can also go and buy the uh, habit masterclass course it's on awesome180.com so you can buy the course and you can follow along and uh, it's a self study course so you do it at your own pace and um, i'm always there on a telegram group to guide you so that makes life much easier and why the name awesome180 because um, the original plan was a 6 month one on one coaching plan so 6 months is 180 days So each month we focus on one aspect of habit change. So one habit which is for example movement as a habit, nutrition as a habit, sleep, de-stressing, hydration and breathing. So there were six fundamentals that we would focus on in 6 months. So that's why 180 days and so how do you become awesome in 180 days? In 180 days. 
not 21 days the way you put in your book 21 is complete rubbish oh it's a scam no oh my god and you know in after i finished reading the book i've come across three different courses where it's like 21 days to change your life it's one of those numbers that rolls off the tongue very well yeah right 21. so it's very catchy <laughs> huh 21 as in before i let you go i'm going to trouble you with a little game what 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 do you mean so basically i'm going to first tell you statements that you may you to must have heard of for sure and you are allowed to give me a very savage and a badass response like if someone were basically to say this statement to you okay okay then so the first one is why are you so happy all the time what other choice do you have my my friend kubra calls me annoyingly happy she's like what is wrong with you yeah like every time i call you you can't say hi like but like dude i'm feeling high second statement oh god is just one meal yeah you can cheat on your diet tappad and i don't have a diet so the first thing is you have to realize that a diet is one of the stupidest things to be on because if you are on a diet it means that you are off a diet so you have to have principles of food so what are my nutrition principles what are my eating principles so simple things like if i don't know how it was made i will not eat it right i don't know how kurkure are made i will not eat it right um if i don't know the ingredients i will not eat it if i then there's another cute one that is like if my grandma would not be able to recognize this i won't eat it in hindi there is a phrase that said beta thoda bhook rakhe khana that means that be a little hungry at the end of your meal right these are principles third one is what a party pooper you always sleeping early no so this have changed as well so now like last night i came home at like 1 o'clock and stuff like this so earlier on it used to be like that but everyone still says it mard ban because because 1 o'clock is still decent time now i'm a 30 year old i'm telling you like 1 o'clock is like okay you're being a good girl today like 3 and 4 is what uh, people like the rage of friends that i have if i if i call it a night by 12:30 they're like are you serious like 12:30 it's just 12:30 and i'm like it's 12:30 i want to go home i'll tell you a funny story so um friend and i made a plan saying that we'll meet up for dinner right and i on the day of the dinner he i messaged him saying dude what time do you want me to come by 9:30 10 and i messaged back saying dude 9:30 10 i start going to sleep what do you want me to do at 9:30 10 can we please change this dinner because i have to wake up at 5 tomorrow then this is not happening i was expecting 7 o'clock i would be there 9:30 10 kya hota hai right so so but it's so interesting that that now all my friends also are 7 o'clock dinner people right so so slowly slowly the tribe changes as well and now if you tell me to eat food at 10:30 i can't eat food at 10:30 i will have finished my dinner at 6:37 and i would then fast through whatever it is i'll be there for your company but not for your food you know it has become like that okay i'm going to request you to reframe these sentences now very often we say these things to people without realizing how poorly we have said what we actually were what our intention actually was to say mm-hmm. so one is your favorite statement this is going to be all you need is motivation yeah what can you say instead of it why do you want to do this right so why do you want to do this is a better question to ask than all you need is motivation okay second one is you're such a slob just get out of bed do you have something worthy to get out of bed for do you have a reason to wake up on a monday right many people hate waking up on mondays because they're like oh shit same shit new day right but do you have a reason to wake up on a monday so i said make your date night a monday night make a make a lunch with a friend a monday event so you look forward to the week instead of saying oh god same week so many of us don't have something to wake up for which is why we don't 
So I would ask them, what is it that you want to wake up for? Nice habit coach-like answers you've given. Mm. Last I wonder where it this, comes from. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> um, the last part is now we say these things very often to ourselves. What should we be saying instead when we're telling ourselves such things? So one is, I'll never be able to break the habit. What have I not done yet? Right. So I've tried things and it hasn't functioned. What have I not done yet? So any challenge requires three things to form a solution. You have to ask yourself these three things whenever you face the challenge. One is, what do I need to become stronger in? The second question, what is it that I don't know yet? So how can I improve my knowledge in something? The third question is, what have I not tried yet? If you ask yourself these three questions, you can find a solution for anything that is challenging you right now. And the last one is the belief that healthy habits are not sustainable. So why try at all? So the way to think about it is that all habits are sustainable if you make them a habit. So like, for example, people constantly mistake going to the gym as a habit. You know, people think that habits are supposed to be subconscious. No, many habits are conscious. Going to the gym is a conscious habit. You can't subconsciously go to the gym. So the point, yeah, like, like oh, <laughs> exercise in your sleep, if I'm yeah. bench pressing in my sleep, very dangerous. So as a result, what you have to do is you have to realize that maybe right now, the path that you've taken is not in line with what your life goal is. And you have to get your intention right. Maybe you've taken up running because your neighbor took up running. The same example I gave in the book, right? Maybe you took up running because your neighbor took up running. But is it in line with your life goal? Probably not. Which is why you have to start making that change and saying that, okay, what is in line with my life goal? How can I then bring about that change in it? Technically, a bad habit is easy to do because it gives you instant gratification. Most good habits give you delayed gratification. So you have to teach yourself how to enjoy the delayed gratification process because most of life success comes from the delayed gratification part. That's one real good takeaway I had from the book where you clearly differentiate. And I said, yeah, actually, like if you just think that, okay, this is just giving me instant gratification right now. But if I stick to the habit, you know, in the long term, I will see benefits that will make me way more happier than what this temporary, uh, you know, going off track is giving me right now. Thank you so much. And thank you for this book. I really believe that people should read it because the title is so true. Change your habits, change your life. It sounds very dramatic, but it did make me realize that throughout the day and where we are headed in life is truly a culmination of the habits that we are consciously and unconsciously doing on a daily basis. So it's not a dramatic title. It's very fitting. <laughs> thank you. In fact, I want to say one thing at the end, saying that all our habits are nothing but the actions and the thoughts that we have on a daily basis, right? It's actions and thoughts. And you can have the life of your dreams if you just focus on the conscious thoughts that you have and the conscious actions that you do. If you can just become conscious about that, the life of your dreams is around the corner. You believe in manifestation? 100%. When people ask me, do you believe in manifestation? I want to shake them up and say, it's like saying, do you believe in gravity? You don't need to believe in something that you can feel every day. That's the way to think about it. Of course, but I mean, there's so many people think of manifestation as like this hoo-ha, which is like, huh, I dream about it and now it's going to happen. But of course, it's not like that. There's a lot of conscious effort in like re in correcting your thoughts on a daily basis. And if you're going off track, you have to keep pulling yourself back and being like, no, I will think this way and being positive about it. But definitely. The main thing is that people don't, don't people don't realize that you do something to manifest something. You have to take action. But thank you. And thank you for this lovely book. And I cannot wait for your uh, next books to come out. 
which are which is your next book is already out the next book is out it is called then is sitting with all his books around the him. book of good habits for kids so this is for parents so we talk about eight habits in the book things like gratitude solitude patience creativity in fact it's just the uh, best seller on amazon right now so yeah so you're like woo celebrating yeah congratulations and thank you must i think our parents definitely should be going and grabbing it because i mean making kids realize the power of habit at an early stage in life wow like i think your half your adult life is sorted then yeah and just think the like gratitude my god imagine if you grew up with the feeling of gratitude instead of having to learn it as an adult yes but congratulations and i hope uh, your third book also i know since it's in the pipeline is also a best seller but thank yes, you thank, thank you. you for this conversation ashden i really enjoyed and uh, i will be definitely troubling you in case i have other habit related uh, queries <laughs> done for sure so sweet thank you thank you so much and that brings us to the end of yet another episode of slow down with astha if you like this conversation then please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your app you can even rate us on spotify or apple podcasts and follow us on instagram at slow down with astha I would love to interact with you guys. To connect with Ashdin, please visit the episode description which has all his details. I will see you next Thursday for a fresh conversation. Thank you.